Wait a minute, I hear something. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Movie, where I'm trying to talk about movies and drive with one headlight. I've got a headlight out this morning. Uh, yes, this show is done from the cockpit of my car. And uh, just a way to use the time wisely, I guess is what they would say. Talking about movies. And uh, this next one today, well... It's a movie. <laughs> we are looking at the 1986/87. There's there's not a clear verification of what year this actually came out. But uh 86/87 Zombie Nightmare. With a title like that, you just, you know, you see the artwork, you're like, "Okay. You know, why not? Let's check it out." So that's what happened. And we, we are looking at this, and it's considered a horror-slash-fantasy. I, I don't know. I don't understand the whole fantasy part, but, you know, we'll see. And, actually, the whole nightmare part, I don't really understand that either, because I don't really know that it's a nightmare of any kind. Uh, brought to you by director... What is his name? Uh... Jack Bradman. If you don't know Jack Bradman, well, that's okay, because he's the one that brought us uh, Night of the Dribbler. <laughs> Let's look. Uh, what else? Night of the Dribbler. We've got uh, the Snuff. Remember the film Snuff that people used to talk about quite a bit? Uh, Miami Vice Girls, uh, Bimbo, all in the sex families. This, this guy used to make like X-rated films in the 70s and I guess broke away from that and decided to make real movies and he gave us Zombie Nightmare. Uh, yeah. There's a movie on here called Girl Busters too, so I'm not even going to look that up. <laughs> Just saying. Um, super low budget. Um, made in, like I said, it says, it says May 29th, 1986. The music was composed by John Mickey Thor. So if you know who that is, um, Rock and Roll Nightmare, right? Our, our lead in that, Thor, right? He had a band called Thor. Uh, if you haven't seen Rock and Roll Nightmare, I, I, I kind of recommend it. I mean, it's a, uh, yeah, so-called horror movie as well. It's, let's put it this way. It was a short bus cinema movie, right? And this one is too, no doubt. This movie would fit perfectly on the format that I'm sure Johnny would have brought this movie up because it is right up our alley of what we were covering on, covering on that show. Uh, let's look at our cast. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's see what it says. Uh, reasons why to watch. Somebody said it's savage, scary, and gruesome. Yeah, I don't know that it's any of those. It says it's got a fun soundtrack. Passable kills and a few amazing supporting performances. Yeah, I can I can get behind that. This is uh, this is worth a look since it's oh so bad but oh so good. Uh, I find it to be an entertaining bad movie. 
yeah, that's that's kind of where I put it too. Like I said, it's perfect for short bus cinema. We would have we would have had a, a hoot with this one. Um, let's talk about our cast. We do have John Mickey Thor in this again, uh, playing Troy Tony Washington. And wait a minute, hold the press. We've got Adam West in this movie. So you think about 86, 87, what was Adam West doing? Not a lot. So you talk him into being in your movie. Um, this has got a very young Tia Carrera in it, too. And, of course, you know, I'm a Tia Carrera fan. Always have been. And as soon as I saw her, I was like, I believe it's Tia Carrera. And sure enough, it was. Um, she just plays a teenager in this. Uh, there's not really anybody else to talk about in this one. But, you know, for a super low-budget movie, that's that's a pretty good little cast. I mean, there's there's other people for sure. It's mainly f- uh, focused on some teenagers, right? I mean, that's what this whole movie is based on. Um, here's the thing about this movie. I didn't read a synopsis, did I? Let's do that real quick. <laughs> All right, here you go. Here's your synopsis for this movie. Uh, Voodoo brings back a hit-and-run victim with a baseball bat uh, for revenge on on rapist and a police chief. There you go. Uh, (laughs) That's the kind of movie you get in here, folks. Really, to kind of break this movie down, it's basically... uh, it's Pumpkinhead. <laughs> it's Pumpkinhead in in the suburb uh, on a super low budget. Not that you know. I mean, Pumpkinhead was already pretty low budget as it was. Amazing movie, by the way. One of my favorites. One of my favorite monster movies ever. Um, but yeah, it's basically the the revenge story, right? So this young man, he's a baseball player, which you know. Well, let's let's start off from the very beginning. Um, I know we said that Thor did did some of the soundtrack stuff, but man, this movie's got Motorhead in it, Girl School, a lot of other 80s metal bands that I was like, wow, how'd they get the rights to do this? Because when you start off the movie and you're playing Ace of Spades by Motorhead, I'm like, okay. So obviously either the director knew somebody or producer did or somebody. It says the budget was one hundred eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I imagine a chunk of that went to the soundtrack. Um, but yeah, this young man, baseball player, which you you totally know because the first I don't know four minutes of this film is watching a ball game, and, uh, and it breaks away to the young man leaving his house one night or one afternoon, and you know his mom's like, hey be careful out tonight and stuff and he's like yeah I will and he's he's a built up dude too of course it's it's Thor right I mean, it's a, and uh but uh he goes to a convenience store that's being robbed by you know your typical 80's bad guys a guy with you know a sleeveless shirt and a mohawk uh, hanging out with a dude in a flannel shirt you know your typical bad guys in the 80's and uh he ends up uh, helping stop the bad guys, right? So he's a do-gooder, right? A good Samaritan. 
And when he gets through, he buys his stuff, or actually the guy gives him a bunch of stuff for saving him being robbed. Here, take this stuff and give it to your mom. So obviously, you know, it seems like a small community where everybody kind of knows each other. When he walks out of, the, out of the building, there's a group of teenagers that are riding around, and they're just wild bucks, right? And uh, they accidentally hit this guy. It's a hit and run, right? And it kills him, leaves him on the side of the road. And you get the development of this group of teenagers, which Tia Carrera is the girlfriend of one of the guys in the group. And, uh, you know, they're, they're uh, rough-and-tumble kids, man. And what's, what's funny is, I mean, obviously, they, they look like your spoiled suburban kids, right? Because they're not just riding around in little jalopy cars and stuff. They're riding in, you know, pretty nice vehicles. And uh, the one driving it, which I have to admit has some pretty cool hair, right? But uh, he's the one that runs, runs over the guy and, you know, comes from a, a wealthy family. And... He ends up telling the guy that he enjoyed hitting the guy and killing him because being able to just take somebody's life just made him feel powerful, right? So one of those guys. Well, the uh, the store owner comes out when, when the boy gets hit, and I think the cops eventually show up. And here's the crazy thing. Instead of, you know, picking up his body and taking him to the hospital... And, you know, letting the coroners do their work to him and then have the mom come in and recognize him. They take the body to his house, to the mom's house. And she comes out screaming, my boy, my baby, you know, that stuff, right? But, you know, why why would an ambulance drive to the house? You know, that, that just, that doesn't happen. But anyways, that's the way it happens in this movie. Because she keeps the body. Because they, you know, they, they, let, they, they let you do that. <laughs> And uh, so she uh, calls some of the locals there and says, go get, I don't know, Miss Bobby Boucher. I don't know what her name is. Some crazy, you know, Louisiana voodoo name, right? And calls her over and wants her to, you know, put a curse on those people. So what does she do? She does the old the old, uh, the old pep pumpkin head here, right? She uh, uses voodoo to bring the boy back. And he has visions, I guess, of the people in the car, even though they hit him doing, I don't know, 45 miles an hour. He's going to remember everybody that was sitting in the front seat and back seats of the car (laughs) and get revenge on them. Now, this is not set up to where you see a flash forward of him almost being hit and being able to see everybody in the car. We're just assuming that he saw everybody in the car. So... Realistically, he could go around and kill a whole bunch of people thinking, well, they could have been in the car. I don't know. Which uh, which kind of happens, I guess. What it ends up is you get uh, wealthy parents that try to cover up their kids are involved in anything. Like I said, the, the, the main boy that's, you know, driving the car, he, uh, it's funny, you know, he runs over the dude, goes back home that night, Wakes up the next day. His mom's mad because there's now something messed up on the car. And when he leaves the house, which he's, you know, he's cruel to his mom. He's an awful kid. Tries to stab somebody to begin in the movie at an art gallery or something. They're just hanging out there. It's just, you know, they're, they're painting this guy to be a bad dude, right? 
And uh, But when he leaves this house, he just jumps in a brand new Porsche and takes off driving. And you're like, yeah, this guy's got it rough. And uh, Which he spends, I don't know, three minutes of the movie just driving around. I mean, you're literally, you know, watching him drive for about three minutes of this movie. So, again, you, you got some filler going on, right? But anyways, the voodoo lady basically goes in the backyard of the mom's house, you know, where her son got killed and, and does this ceremony, I guess. I don't know. I don't know the location, but it just seems like it's still just kind of out and open in the middle of a small town, which, you know, if you're that brave, go ahead. But uh, raises him back from the dead and he's going to get revenge on all these these kids and anybody else that gets in his way and (laughs) his weapon of choice you got it an aluminum baseball bat you know the dude came back from the dead he's got you know pumpkin head strength he's really strong but he's gonna use a baseball bat I don't know you know, I guess they're trying to tie the whole baseball thing in there for some reason. So you got, uh, sorry, that was a yawn. I'm still waking up this morning. Uh, <laughs> Adam West is the police chief of the town. And you've got this investigator that's, you know, working under him that's wanting to try to figure out what's happening here because... Somebody's going around and snapping the necks of these kids or strangling them, and they got superhuman strength and doesn't make any sense because, you know, nobody has that kind of strength. And he finally puts it together by, I don't know, he he has some pictures of all the uh, crime scenes, and he notices in every picture the voodoo ladies there. (laughs) Of course, that's it. That's what, but, you know... But yeah, he puts it together that this voodoo lady shows up everywhere wherever there's a crime scene, so she's attached. And, uh, it's a mail truck. Not a, like, you know, postal mail truck, not a mail truck. Just saying. Um, so, (laughs) so yeah, we got this, uh, this lunatic running around whose face kind of looks like Frankenstein with a baseball bat chasing these kids down and killing them one by one either by strangling them or beating them to death with a baseball bat uh, the effects are not great uh, they're passable because you understand what happened but you don't see any like really good effects I mean he does stab our main kid in, in, the, in the stomach with the baseball bat, and he dies with it sticking up out of him, you know, but but you don't really see anything. It's just like, I don't know, these effects are almost like uh, teenage kids trying to pull a prank on somebody kind of effects, right? That's kind of what it looks like. But lo and behold, when it all comes down to the end, um, you find out that years ago there was a cover-up from the police chief and he's involved with you know all this mess too and in order to protect his family and the rich kids family and all this stuff he has to kill the voodoo lady and the the investigator that works under him is there as well so 
Adam West is going to have to shoot not only the investigator that works for him, but shoot the voodoo lady too, and they're out in a graveyard. And uh, all of a sudden, a zombie comes up out of the ground and yells out Adam West's name and grabs him and pulls him down into a grave. And that's how this movie ends. <laughs> uh, and I, I guess, you know, our, our hero is dead too because he, I guess he did his job. Maybe it, he, he got all of his vengeance out. I don't know. So there you go. That's, that's, uh, what's the name of this movie again? <laughs> Zombie Nightmare. <laughs> uh, you know, it was, it was okay. Like I said, this is a 100% short bus cinema movie. Uh, if you like bad movies, I think you'll enjoy this one. The acting's okay. Uh, most of this movie is okay. It's just super low budget. Uh, so if you enjoy low budget, you know, low grade movies, B movies, yeah, it's worth checking out. I, I had fun with it. It's uh, it's not anything new. And, uh, you know, you can tell that the locations are, are, you know, hey, we can shoot this in my backyard and nobody will have to know, you know, that kind of thing. So that's that's the extent of this movie. That is Zombie Nightmare from 1986. I'll give this a 2 out of 5. Maybe a 3 out of 5. I mean, it was okay. You know, I liked it. It's not great, but I liked it. All right, folks, that's all I got for this one. We will see you next time.